I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Pilgrim Podcast. In the last episode, we started talking about the best beatitude of Jesus. He said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Matthew 5 verse 3. What I want to do in today's episode is give one of two reasons why you should be poor in spirit. So I encourage you to listen to the end. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. Jesus is blessing the spiritually inadequate, you and me. We have nothing to offer, nothing to give. And this is the holy paradox of the Christian faith. Namely, that those who are true followers of Jesus are those who know they are sinners and unrighteous in themselves. Not those who think they are righteous. So those who are poor and know they need God are those like the prodigal son who left his father proudly, self-assured and his share of the inheritance. But when he was bankrupt, Luke 15, 17 says, he finally came to his senses and in humility of spirit, emptied of all his pride and self-sufficiency. He comes home to his father empty-handed, with nothing to offer, no longer full of himself, but looking only to what his father is pleased to lavish on him. This is the true Christian. Thomas Watson said, quote, Poverty of spirit is the jewel which Christians must wear. As the best creature was made out of nothing, so when a man sees himself to be nothing, out of this nothing God makes him a most beautiful creature. It is God's useful method to make a man poor in spirit and then fill him with the graces of the spirit. Close quote. That means to be poor in spirit is to have a sense of powerlessness in ourselves, to have a sense of spiritual bankruptcy and helplessness before God, to, to have a sense of moral uncleanness before God, to have a sense of personal unworthiness before God, to have a sense that if there is to be any life or joy or usefulness, it will have to be all of God and all of His grace. Now, the reason I say poverty of spirit means to have a sense of powerlessness and a sense of bankruptcy and a sense of uncleanness and a sense of unworthiness is that, objectively speaking, everybody is poor in spirit. Everybody, whether the senses or not, is powerless without God and bankrupt and helpless and unclean and unworthy before God. But not everybody God blesses. When Jesus says, God blesses those who are poor, it does not mean everybody. He means those who feel it. That is why it is so appropriate to take the first and the second beatitudes together. God blesses those women, clarifies the subjective side of being poor in spirit. God blesses those who are poor in spirit women. God blesses those who feel keenly their inadequacies and their guilt and their failures and their helplessness and their unworthiness and their emptiness. Who don't try to hide these things under a cloak of 
self-sufficiency but who are honest about them and are grieved and driven to the grace of God. So here is my first reason why we should pursue poverty of spirit. I'll take the rest to next week. One, unless we are poor in spirit, we cannot appropriate the grace of God. If we don't see our need for God, we will not be able to receive the grace He gives. Christianity is not for the self-sufficient. It is not a religion for the rich and the strong. Jesus didn't come to comfort the well-to-do and rally those who have their life all in order. He didn't come to gather the good but the bad. Jesus came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. As I mentioned earlier, this is one of the great paradoxes of the gospel. It is the poor Christ makes rich. The weak he makes strong. The foolish he makes wise. The guilty he makes righteous. The dirty he makes clean. The lowly he loves. The worthless he values. The lost he finds. Those who stunningly have nothing to become those who have everything, though not mainly in this age, but in the age to come. It is not the emotionally endowed that God blesses, but the poor in spirit. It is not the buoyant and the boisterous that he comforts, but those who mourn, not the prideful, but the meek. In Luke 18, 9-14, Jesus tells us about two different men who came to worship. One, the Pharisee thinks himself a good, impressive person. The other, a tax collector, comes keenly aware of his unworthiness, not just acknowledges his sin, but feeling deeply undeserving before God. The Pharisees pray, I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, for I don't cheat, I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. I am certainly not like the, that tax collector. Meanwhile, all the tax collector can say is this, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Jesus then gives us this commentary. It is the unrighteous tax collector whom God graciously declares to be righteous, not a Pharisee. The Pharisee who trusted in himself that he was righteous is the one cast out. Jesus explains, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Let me close with what Watson said. Quote, He who is swelling with self-excellency and self-sufficiency is not fit for Christ. He is full already. If the hand is full of marbles, it cannot receive gold. The the glass is first emptied before you pour in wine. God first empties a man of himself before he pours in the precious wine of his grace. None but the poor in spirit are within Christ's commission. Close quote. There is a great beauty to our God being the strength of the weak and the riches of the poor. It is truly good news to those of us who will acknowledge how needy we really are, how weak our heart can be, how poor we really are in spirit. What good news that we have a God like this, 
who takes the poor, the weak, and the lowly like us and makes us into trophies of His grace, for His glory and for our joy. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Pilgrim Podcast. If you find it helpful, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast or search our growing archive for more episodes. Join me next time as we journey through scripture, exploring the Christian life and what it practically means to live as a pilgrim in this world.